Welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm and trauma. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm and trauma. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Well, welcome back to all of the Start By Listening amazing people out there. Um, Guys, it's Jennifer, a.k.a. The Friendly Therapist. And today is, gosh, it's historical for several reasons. Um, Number one, we're putting this on our YouTube channel. I didn't even know we had a YouTube channel. Who knew? Um, but so exciting. So some of our podcasts this season, you're going to actually get to see us and people that we're interviewing on our YouTube channel. Also historic, I have a new co-host. Let me introduce to you guys, Shelby. Hello, hello. Hi, my name is Shelby and I'm very, very excited to be on the podcast with y'all for season three. I know. I mean, she's my co-host, guys. She's my PIC. She is my partner in crime, my co-pilot. And uh, it's going to be exciting this season. And just so you guys know, like today we're in our offices. You may hear some weird noises, like I've said before when I'm at home. Although you probably won't hear my dog barking this season. Um, But you might hear some other things. So just know we are not in a studio. We do not have soundproof booths. Um, We're just kind of a small nonprofit organization. We're mighty and we just do with what we got. That's who we are. Um, So you might hear some weird stuff. I apologize up front, but hopefully things will be nice and quiet. And this is just like, this is weird to me, like being on the Zoom and doing the video as well, because this is my first time doing this, Shelby. Yeah, I, uh, you told me to look at the light when I talk because it looks more natural. Um, but for those in the strictly audio medium, my eyes are all over the place. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I might look goofy to y'all on YouTube, so sorry. Well, I'm like using my hands because I'm like, I don't, what do I do with these? Like, I'm scratching my head. I don't know. Like, so, you know what? I always We're talk gonna... with my hands. <laughs> I need to. We're going to figure it out. Like, we're just going to figure it out. How's that? One step at a time. And you said you, uh, the audience won't hear your dog barking. I did hear a dog outside earlier. So there may be barks. You just, you never know. Well, cool. See, just when (laughs) I think something, boom. Well, the audience, well, I wouldn't say the audience. I would say, well, those are regular listeners. They kind of know who I am what I do and all of that. But today, what I would like to do, the first part of our season opener, I would love for you to let our listeners know a little bit about who you are, what your job is at New Beginnings, Mm -hmm. and um, what made you say yes to co-hosting? So I just asked you three questions. A three-parter. All right, let me hop on my soapbox here and give you a little background knowledge on Shelby. So I 
came to New Beginnings in January of 2021. I am originally from Pennsylvania, so if you're used to hearing some Southern accents, uh, that's why I differ a little bit. (laughs) Um, I am starting my Master's of Social Work degree at the University of Kentucky uh, in like 20 days here at the end of August. It's going to be my first year, so I'm hoping going through the school process, I'll be able to bring you a lot of the knowledge that I'm learning as well. Um, And here at New Beginnings, I am a victim advocate. I started that role in January of this year, 2022, and I help clients navigate the very long, arduous criminal justice process. Um, I'm there to walk with my clients every step of the way from wherever they come to us, whether that be just reporting what happened to them, or if they already started the court process and they were referred to us by the Commonwealth attorney or the detective who they were working with. Um, I also handle client intake and I do crisis sessions, um, helping people with the general coping skills, grounding techniques, uh, really the mental health first aid, because we know working here at New Beginnings, Um, We see clients who have experienced all different types of sexual harm, and it's a lot to process. So I'm there to lend a listening ear, um, be supportive, and just listen without any judgment. And I think that hit all three. Oh, co-host. Why did I come to you as a co-host? Yes, girl. Yes. Miss Jennifer reached out to the advocacy team and... To be fully honest, we're a team of uh, mainly introverts. <laughs> and no, I'm, you don't <laughs> say. Really? Yeah, I'm the loudest out of the bunch. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I have no problem listening to myself talk. Let's try this. I am definitely nervous. And this is my uh, first time ever doing a podcast ever. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And as I said, for the YouTubers, I'm supposed to be looking at the dot, but all over the place. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? To me, that's like, it makes it more natural too, because, you know, I'm sitting here and as you said that, like I'm staring at the dot and in my brain, I'm like, stare at the dot, stare at the dot, stare at the dot. And I'm like, what? what, what? Score, score, score. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So... You came to New Beginnings right in the smack dab middle. Is it the middle part of the pandemic? I don't know because we don't know when it's going to end. Well, hold on. It's not going to end. But when the endemic part happens, we don't know. Mm -hmm. But what was that like starting like a brand new job completely out of your previous experience in the middle of the pandemic? with not meeting all of the staff at one time, doing your interview, if I remember, I wasn't there for your interview, but over Mm -hmm. Zoom. Like, can you just give a little background? Like how has that type of uh, introduction into the nonprofit world and into victim advocacy been? Like, wow, that's, to me, that would be so overwhelming. It was very overwhelming. So. 
I'll be completely honest here. Like I said, I'm from Pennsylvania. I moved into my Kentucky home three weeks before the initial three-month COVID shutdown. So we moved into our home. Um, We didn't have a stove. We didn't have a refrigerator. So we were eating out every day. And I remember sitting in the restaurant and everyone was talking like, tomorrow, everything shuts down. And I was like, thank goodness our refrigerator gets delivered in two days because we were eating out of coolers. They still delivered our refrigerator. So, wow, just moving to a new state out of COVID and then starting a new job. I come from a marketing background, actually. My degree is in communications. So uh, I was working nonprofit, but retail, I was working at Goodwill. So again, I was doing marketing stuff for them. And then I moved to real estate and then absolutely hated it. I was just doing Facebook pages for real estate agents and it was so unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. But even though we were still in pandemic, I had to be at the office every day. Um, Everyone was still at the office every day. It was kind of surreal. They really had no um, intention behind promoting self-care or work-life balance, which was very draining. So when looking for this position, I came to this position with my marketing background. Mm -hmm. I had no idea anything about, I never even heard the word self-care until I started working here. I didn't start understanding trauma really until I started working here. And I've just learned so much, but starting this job pandemically (laughs) when no one was here, it was was hard getting to know everybody, but um, it's such a welcoming staff and an amazing team to be a part of. I'm so, so glad. I feel like I dropped into this position and my entire life changed. And it's been the most incredible experience. I'm so thankful for it. Well, that's awesome. Cause we, we love you too. Like um, for those, of course you wouldn't know, cause hello, we've never done a tour of new beginnings. Um, hmm, maybe we should do that for a podcast too, just to show people what our office looks like. But I think that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. But Shelby actually is next door to me. So like this wall behind me, that's where her wall begins as well. So when she started, we were office buddies, but I don't think I was even in the office for the first six or seven months that you were here physically working at New Beginnings. Um, And everybody said, you know, just how awesome and she is. And uh, she is, she's fabulous y'all. And I love having her as my next door neighbor. Um, So it's fun because we get to, (laughs) we get to laugh (laughs) and choke and talk. And then, you know, we also get to do a lot of other important things too, like decompress after a, you know, a tough session if we share yes. clients. And so it's all of that. And she's from Pennsylvania. I've never met anybody from Pennsylvania. So automatically, I think now Pennsylvanians are pretty cool. We're pretty all right. But oh. in that, like, coming to you, I like decompressing after sessions, I've learned so much from Jennifer. And <laughs> y'all who are regular listeners to the podcast know that she is all about spreading information and educating people and I have learned so much to help my clients with her being my uh, office neighbor so helpful oh well thank you um I definitely do not gatekeep on knowledge like I that's part of my ADHD is 
if I have knowledge and I think it's amazing, like I'm going to tell everybody, even people who don't care. I'm like, but you really <laughs> need to know this because it's going to make your life wonderful. I got really excited when you started talking because Shelby, you yes. did not tell people about your chickens. Oh, yeah. Okay. Chickens. I can totally talk about chickens. I am a chicken tender. Um, during the pandemic, I was fortunate enough to purchase 14 chickens. I started out with a group of seven. I call them my OG squad. Um, as soon as they were like four or five weeks and we put them out of the house and into the run, I was very sad because I had no little peeps to hold every day. And I adopted seven more chickens and they were all black and blue. So I call them my goth squad. And Mm. they are now two and a half years old and they produce me lots of eggs and they're super sweet. I could... (laughs) This isn't a chicken podcast, but I could go on about the chickens forever. They have been such a learning experience. Um, I didn't realize how difficult it was to farm livestock until I had 14 of them. But oh, I you know, they're, I they're my pets. Yeah. In well, addition to my chickens, though, I also have two dogs, four cats, and a corn snake. So I, I have a little zoo. I'm trying to work on the husband to... Uh, help me build a fence so we can get a goat, but that's long-term goals. Uh, definitely. Like, and y'all like this summer, um, or was it this, it was the spring. I sent out an email to like all of the new beginnings staff. And I said, Hey, does anybody have access to like pine needles that have fallen on the ground? Cause I uh, purchased three blueberry bushes that I was going to plant them in my front yard. And you have to have like, uh, pine needles and pine bark it's the acidity it does something for the blueberries I'm still learning as I go with that but Shelby was like um hello I have a shit ton of pine needles and I was like oh can I come get them she's like yeah and how many I bought like like what five huge I think it was more like eight but yeah oh, I think it was like contractor guys yes to scoop and I was so excited because I have never met a pet chicken. Like I eat chicken. I mean, I'm a total, I'll eat meat. Uh, I know you don't, uh, but it's like, I'd never met a pet chicken, but I have heard her talk about these chickens for the last year and a half. I've eaten the delicious eggs and I'm like, that's so cool. I get to meet the chickens that give me the delicious eggs. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm driving down, I find her house. I only got lost once. I was really proud of myself (laughs) and I pull up her driveway And there is this magnificent chicken coop. And it is so cool. And here are all these chickens just moseying along in the yard doing their chicken thing. And I thought, this is interesting. Well, I was wondering, like, I wonder how the chickens are going to respond to me. Because A, I'm a stranger. And, you know, they've never seen me before. And I'm taking their pine needles. When I tell you, they all came up. They were curious. They were interested. They started, um, I don't know what you call, I call it pecking. uh, But Mm -hmm. when we were scooping the pine needles and I got to pet one, I don't remember which one I petted though. Which one did, do you remember which one? It was probably Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky is very easy to pick up. And yeah, they were, they were coming over because we were moving the pine needles. We were disturbing the bugs. They were running everywhere. Chickens have special eyes that really are reflective and they can see bugs in the grass. So yeah, that's what they do. I didn't know that. 
But that mm-hmm. was like, that was something really cool because I would have never had that experience of petting a chicken or even being around chickens had I not, you know, known you. But mm-hmm. I just, well, I think it's so cool to let them know that you are a chicken tender. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one who I can hold all the time now. She just likes to perch on my arm. She, she gets pecked on by the other chickens because she was sick and she had to be isolated for a little while, but mm-hmm. it made her the best pet because I will pick her up and I will put her on my arm and we'll just walk around the yard. And I'm like, look, I got a little falcon. <laughs> that is so cool. I was sitting here thinking too, like I definitely wanted people to know about your chickens because I think I think that's just something amazing that you do. Because uh, nobody else here does it. too. Oh, do you want to tell everybody all their names? I can tell everybody all their names. So I have three Issa Browns, ISA Browns. They are Lil Pete, who is the one who I can hold now, Speed Racer and Her Majesty. I have two reds, which are Talking Freddy, and I have two rainbows, which are Kat Von Tweet and Henry Starr. And then I have two, I don't know how, two black Australarts. They are Meryl Cheap and Shakira. I accidentally just flipped off the camera because I did my fingers wrong. Sorry. Um, I have two blues, production blues. They are Edgar Allan Poe and Attila. Then I have a Tchaikovsky who is Bard, a Bard Rock and Tyrannosaurus Pex, T-Pex. I forget what breed T-Pex is, but that's all 14 of them. I mean, I just, you had me at their names because I think one day on messenger when i found out you raised chickens i had reached out and i was like i'm curious what are their names <laughs> i was like that's a lot of names to remember it is a lot of names to remember which is why i was going off the top of my head it's a lot of names and a lot of breeds but we wanted just a variety and i only have hens i do not have roosters Mm-hmm. Um, I did not want babies because they're difficult to take care of. And also mm-hmm. roosters are very mean and are, they, I'm, this is a podcast about sexual harm. So I'm going to talk about it. Roosters sexually assault the hens all the time. They just, they're very, very vicious. Really? And yeah, I was not having that. I'm like, I'm going to protect my ladies and I'm going to keep them safe. So I'm not going to subject them to multiple rapes. So I know, look, the things you learn on a Friday in the month of August during a pandemic. I, I had no clue. No yeah, clue. roosters are vicious. Wow. That's wild. Well, good job. You are being an amazing, responsible pet owner. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was sitting here. I was also thinking... Um, as the different guests I've had on over the past two seasons, which have mostly been uh, the therapists because, you know, they were willing to like help a girl out and come on with their expertise and their knowledge base, which they're phenomenal. Um, I'm wondering if we should let everybody know what season three is going to be about. I would think that is a really good idea we've been keeping the people waiting talking about me let's tell them what they're going to be learning about this season mm-hmm. well what are they going to be learning about shelby we are talking all about trauma this season and trauma and the way it um, shows itself 
through all the different aspects of our community here mm-hmm. in Western Kentucky, Owensboro, the Green River Development District, seven counties we cover, but we're trying to talk to people all over our area and see the different ways in which they witness and respond to trauma from their professions. Yes. And um, it's going to be phenomenal. Like, I am super excited. And before Shelby agreed to be my co-host, um, y'all, I was going ahead and kind of formulating like what season three would look like. Um, and she came right on and she was like, oh, that's awesome. Because we want to talk with different people in the community that work with so many different populations. Because as you all know, sexual assault uh, does not discriminate. It affects every individual within a community, whether it is because of a direct sexual harm that has occurred toward them, or maybe it is affecting their loved ones or their family members or their friends because they don't know, like, how, how do I support this person? What do I say? What do I not say? Right? Because we don't, when, when something awful happens to somebody, sometimes we just don't know how to best help in that moment. So truly it, it, it does, it affects every community individual. And so we're going to be looking at, at the different aspects that are more, I guess, pronounced in our community, like the faith community, healthcare, teachers, education, um, mental health, addictions, mm-hmm. law enforcement. Um, and it's different because the first two seasons, we did like two podcasts a month. Um, and this season, we're aiming to try for three podcasts a month. Um, some months might only have two, you know, depending on who we're able, you know, to come on to be a guest. Some months might have three. It's going to be a really kind of a, a hodgepodge of, of just putting it together. But Shelby came up with this phenomenal idea. Um, she created and said, let's look at each month of the podcast. Yep. What, did, what did you say being like, a, what, what was the word you used? Oh, you like know. A mini series. Yes, yes. Yes. So each month is where we're talking to the different topics. So. Our first, uh, our first group of people that we're going to be speaking with is the religious community. So we're pulling people from different religious sects, sects, sects. That's how you say it, right? Yeah, I'm trying to say it with a CT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to enunciate my words because, again, it's a podcast, but I don't know if it's working. But we want to hear how they view trauma and how they respond to trauma, right? So the month after that, we're going to be speaking with educators and then it goes into healthcare providers, right? I think so. And here's the thing, you know, y'all, it it might be where it gets crisscrossed because this group, the last one can't be here, but it's going to be awesome. I mean, it really is. Um, And so far, it has been interesting, I think, 
to start reaching out to different people within the community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because, I mean, I think it's awesome to like come on a podcast and just talk about stuff. Right. But Mm -hmm. it, I'll be honest, like in my world, it didn't really occur that, oh, there might be some people who might not feel comfortable even just, you know, just doing the audio portion, not even this visual portion. And I think that's because I forgot to view our podcast through the lens of polyvagal theory when Mm -hmm. beginning to understand that where people are in their nervous system, it might not feel safe to talk about um, Mm -hmm. just trauma. You know, some of the people have said, oh gosh, you don't want to talk to me. I don't know anything. And I'm like, well, no, we're reaching out to you because we think that A, you're pretty amazing. B, we've heard cool things and beautiful things about you in the community. C, we might have a very nice, trusting, open collaboration already, you know, between Mm -hmm. either personally or professionally. Um, So that's been a little interesting because I was like, oh, Jennifer, you forgot about the nervous system. Maybe not everybody feels safe within their nervous system to talk. So that was a little like. Yeah. And you bring that up. It just immediately my first what resonates with me when you say that is I think in the digital world, a lot of people don't want their voices recorded and lasting forever on a public platform. I mean, that was my initial hesitation. That's what makes my nervous system go, oh my God, what if I mess up my words and say something dumb? It's going to be recorded on Spotify and Apple Music and Blueberry and on our Facebook page and everyone in the community who has no idea who I am is going to listen to my voice and be like, judgment. (laughs) You know what? As you're saying that, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, I never thought about that. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I, I never thought about, like, it's forever. Like, oh, my God, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm surprised you didn't think about that because that's, like, right where my mind goes. I mean, I hardly post on social media anymore because I started to be like, oh, my gosh, what if a client starts trying to look for me like I used to live under a rock right and now we work in a very publicly engaging field um and talking with people on a daily basis talking with people who are prominent figures in the community I'm like oh wow I gotta be careful about like what I'm posting what I'm doing and we educate children here on internet safety and the importance of that but with my generation I'm that Gen Z millennial cusper I grew up I had a MySpace I had a Xanga account when I was eight years old because I was left unmonitored online Um, so my whole life has been putting stuff out there on digital platforms and now I'm an adult and I'm thinking about what I post and I'm like Hmm, maybe I shouldn't be out there making a fool of myself. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You said, you know, what if a client were to find you or contact you? Um, so that's actually happened to me. Actually, okay. it has. Um, Let's hear about it. So this was when I had first started 
well, I'm going to say the first two years. And I had a client that messaged me on Facebook, on Facebook Messenger. And so, um, you know, boundary work is so important. And in season two, there's a whole, there's two episodes about boundaries. And if you, yep. if y'all haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It's phenomenal. I learned but a lot from it. You should listen to it. <laughs> it is really good. Um, and so, you know, I will tell you, and this was before I really had studied the nervous system or even, you know, understood that. Okay. So a long time ago, at first I felt like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, and it was a Sunday, it was a Sunday morning. And so I thought my first thought was, oh my God, I need to call Becky, right? Cause she's, she was my mm-hmm. clinical supervisor. She was supervising me for getting my L for my LCSW and all this. In the midst of me getting ready to call her, my cell phone starts ringing and it was a community um, provider okay. who was calling me about the client that messaged me. Okay. And I was like, oh, and I'm like, uh, I'm not answering that. I'm like, that was my, this is a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm not at work. So I called Becky and I was like, what do I do? Oh my God, I've never been in this situation. And you know, I don't feel comfortable if I don't have answers. Like that's Mm -hmm. me. Give me a framework. If you give me a framework, I'm good. But if it's, if there's no framework, I'm like, "Uh, what, what, what? I don't know what to do. Yeah. So she talked me down off the roof. (laughs) She helped me. She um, asked lots of really great questions. And so I came with the plan and I initiated the plan. And so, you know, I texted back that provider that called us. I don't work on Sundays. If there's an emergency, you know, you need to call 911 or you need to call whatever, you know, not big boundary. Don't mm-hmm. contact me unless it's during working hours. And then Regarding the message, um, I did not open it. I did not respond to it. And when I saw that person the following week, uh, we addressed the boundary right then and there. And we talked yeah. about um, how how did that you know how did that feel um, to not get a response back from me, right? Because that's mm-hmm. important too. And to talk about well, let's see, why do you think Miss Jennifer did not respond? You know, so we addressed it. You know, um, but that was a tough one. Like that was a real yeah. tough one. Um, and I, on my Facebook, some of my posts are uh, public, right? Because I think it's pretty important and like people need to hear mm-hmm. or see. Uh, but then some of my things are private. Um, you know, it just depends on in that moment, what I'm thinking, what I'm needing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how I, dealt with that and addressed that yeah did you end up having to block the person did they respect your boundary once you said it and acknowledged it or did they continue to push it uh no they did respect my boundary that's good I'm Mm -hmm. glad to hear it I know that's unfortunately not always the case and that brings up more difficult conversations so I'm glad that the issue was resolved in a respectful way oh absolutely you know, and I think too, it's, it's understanding, you know, 
I didn't know then what I know now because A, I'm older, I've grown, I've learned things, et cetera, et cetera. But the, I think the biggest thing I've learned in the last two and a half years is I've really studied polyvagal theory and really began to understand our nervous system and the different states and regulation versus dysregulation is mm -hmm. that our nervous system needs context. It's mm -hmm. like, if I have context, then I get to understand and my nervous system gets to understand, is this safe or not safe? And so, you know, like if I had not had that conversation, because let's, and some, I would say there's some therapists who would not, because that would be too confrontational for, for some. Yeah. Then that leaves the nervous system wondering, uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, do they even see the message? Do they get the message? Does this person care about my well-being? Mm -hmm. You know, all kinds of things. But when we give context, we get to let that sink in and, oh, okay, that makes sense. I understand that. My nervous system can interpret that and it lands where it lands. But Miss Jennifer, it's uncomfortable to talk about this kind of thing. Avoidance oh, yeah. is so much easier. Hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's funny, the avoidance, the big A, that's what I call it. Um, mm -hmm. And we talk about that a lot in sessions with everybody. And I'll say, uh, uh, hello, I like to avoid too. Like, it's natural. It's normal. It's because in that moment, it feels better to avoid. Mm -hmm. But then the longer you avoid, all yeah. that anxiety builds up. It lingers. <laughs> all those, and not only does the anxiety build up, but then we start creating these wild stories that have no factual basis. And that story becomes our narrative of how we view somebody and how we feel. And then it just, so yeah, avoidance. That's not in the DSM-5, but, you know. It's like um, when you're creating your own narrative about a person based on something that you avoided rather than confronting it, they're not the person. I mean, uh, okay, so I like to think about how I've heard on, like, a meme or something no two, no two person views you the same. Like you are not the same person to anyone in your life. And I think that's just so interesting to think about. But if I start thinking about it too much, it sends me down the anxiety rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, if you look at it from like that perspective, like um, I think about the different parts that we have within us. And mm -hmm. because we do, we have different parts. Like my personality is very detailed. It is 3D. It is not one dimensional. And like the Jennifer, who is the therapist that is loving and kind and compassionate and empathetic and holds space and creates sanctuary is very different than the Jennifer who has to call an insurance company to make sure 
that they are going to pay for services for a, a hospital stay or a medical um, procedure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still Jennifer, but that's a different part of me that shows up to be able to perform that task versus yeah. the, the Jennifer that is the daughter, the friend, the coworker, you know, there's that, there's that thread of my personality. I'm quirky. I'm whimsical. I love to laugh. I'm silly. Like that's the thread, but it's just, we have different parts of us that show up to be able to do different things in life. And when I say parts, I'm I'm not talking about like disassociative identity disorder. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff or back in the olden days. um, This is a very, uh, just horrendous term, but just for, to give context, um, many years ago, they call that multiple personality, you know, disorder. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I'm just, we have different parts. Um, some people even go as far as to say we wear different masks. Um, and yeah. it could be that too. Like this is the therapist mask. This is the friend mask. This is the advocate mask, you know? Um, yeah. And even being a therapist, when I go to court with a client, it's a very different uh, part that shows up as well. Yes, it's just the different prominent personality traits that show up in each role that you have to play within your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, But I went down the rabbit hole because squirrel, but I guess I'm going back to... Um, yeah, this season three. Oh, it's gonna be great. Oh, I'm, I'm excited so to bring the knowledge from other professionals into this podcasting sphere. Uh, audience is going to learn a lot from a yes. lot of different people. I mean, I know it's been a lot of knowledge this so far, but yeah. we're hearing from a whole bunch of different people. Oh, I know. So as we're coming to a wrap, I want to do something and I'm looking away from the camera, y'all. Yes, I know. Uh, Terry and I, Terry, who was my original co-host, she and I started the podcast, okay? We came up with this. And so Shelby, you are new. So we're going to um, christen you on this inaugural episode, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. Oh, goodness. And here it is. First answer that pops in your brain. Okay. This, right. is, this is fun. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. What kind of ice cream do you like? Chocolate peanut butter cup. Ooh. What was your favorite board game as a kid? That, oh, that's not a, that's not a board game. Oh my gosh. I was thinking of the game where you roll the pigs, but oh, that's yeah. not a board game, but well, I'm work. calling it. Roll the pigs. Roll the pigs. <laughs> Um, who's your favorite actor? Johnny Depp. Nah, he has a lot of controversy recently, so, but childhood love, let's just go with that. I'm not, I'm big on actors, actresses. (laughs) If you were an animal, what animal would you be? This is the easiest, a duck, 100%. They can swim, fly, and walk on land. Ducks are the best. I would be able to do everything. Oh my God, I didn't think about that. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, 
what is your favorite activity during the winter time? Sleeping. <laughs> I don't like the cold. <laughs> it's better here in Kentucky, though. It doesn't get like it does. It did back home. So, um, who is the bravest person you know? It, I, I'm gonna go with like my my clients who are navigating this criminal justice system who decided to come forward and share their truth and pursue justice in that form because it is so hard and walking with these people every single day talking with them through this process so brave so strong i it's it's crazy i love that answer what is your favorite band um dance gavin dance for sure but pre tillian pearson dance gavin dance um i'm not a big fan of tillian uh all my dogs and cats are named after bands though so my next favorite would be brand new then dikembe then hot mulligan um and bill murray those are my animals names for good that is so cool i've never heard of any of those so that is amazing See, I'm a I huge like music person. I'm a huge music person. Going to shows is like my safe space. Name one gadget that you cannot live without. My phone? Is that a gadget? Depends on how you define gadget. So sure. I don't know what you would define as a gadget. I'm gonna I'm so basic, but yeah, like my phone. I need it. It has my music on it. <laughs> what was the last movie that you watched? I'm really bad with rapid fire questions, Miss Jennifer. What is the last movie that I watched? I um, fabulous. I, oh, I went to go see Nope in theaters last weekend, the new Key Peele movie. It was Jordan Peele. Oh, my God. I'm embarrassing myself. It was also not his best work, but he's a phenomenal director. So it was okay. Okay. If you were to go to the moon, name one thing you would want to take with you. Uh, I need some type of musical device that I can, like I need headphones or boombox or something that I can have a playlist because mm -hmm. I need to, uh, have a soundtrack. If I'm going to be on the moon. I need to have an entire like soundtrack that just vibes my way through the journey. Okay. Love it. And very last question. Cause I think that's 10, but I'll, sounds like it's 10. Uh, what is your favorite food? Mashed potatoes. <gasps> Me too. Really? <laughs> yes. I love mashed potatoes. I'm going to go with mashed potatoes or burritos. Oh, God, burritos are so But, good. like, just a singular food, mashed potatoes, for sure. I love that your favorite food's mashed potatoes. I did not know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it's my comfort okay, food. Okay, so, best mashed potatoes in town. Where's your favorite place to get mashed potatoes? In town? Or just mm. in general. Like, where's your favorite my, mashed potatoes from? My mom's house. Oh, really? Oh, I love that. Yeah, she makes the best. <laughs> That's my favorite. I'm going to promote Old Hickory. They're mashed potatoes. Bomb. Mix they are good. Potatoes and some mac and cheese and some baked beans. Swirl it all together in a bowl, and it's just a bowl of delicious mush. 
Uh, they do have very delicious ones too. Yes, they do. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Well, our time has come to a close, Shelby. This is our inaugural podcast. I think we did pretty awesome. I, I think you did amazing. And I think this is going to be an experience for me because I've already caught myself slipping up my words and listening to this back. It's going to be like, ah, but uh, I do too. it'll get better as it keeps going. Hey, knowledge will flow. As Brene Brown so eloquently said, we all find ourselves doing an FFT. And this is our fucking first time. So it's great. Fucking first time, Jennifer. <laughs> well, for all of our listeners out there, thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, you get to change tomorrow just by starting listening today. And uh, y'all, stay frosty out there because it's hot and humid. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Well, we've made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We hope you'll take something you heard today and use it to change the world tomorrow. We wanted to thank our music producer, Seth Hedges, from Uriah Wild Media. His website is in the show description. Also, a big shout out to Roddy Newton, our technical advisor. See you next time. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020 Green River 26, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the U.S. Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this program are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. Thank you.